Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our continuing coverage of the Halo 4 campaign. This time we're going to be taking a look at the 7th Mission Composer. And with me today is Peter Cooper to help me cover the events of this mission. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I don't think you've been on our show before. I've not, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you've extended the invite before, but I've never actually had the opportunity to uh, to hop along on onto the podcast, so it's great to be here. Well, we are happy to have you. So since this is your first time on, this is not technically a podcast, but it's a segment, but uh, since this is your first time on Particular Ever, why don't you give uh, the people at home a little introduction to yourself and kind of where you uh, crowd around the internet and what forums and websites and whatnot. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Pete Cooper. Uh, I'm a lurker on HBO and uh, you know various other Halo websites. Um, was involved with the live-action Halo project Operation Chastity. Was um, the original creator of that, and uh, I'm a professional writer uh, working on another comic project, which um, I've uh, I've shown on HBO as a, a comic called Telecost Protocol, and you know working on various other projects as well. Um, big Halo fan. Uh, so really excited to be able to talk to you about this today, and uh, yeah, just uh, just a, a big gamer really. <laughs> Alrighty, so hopefully we can get some uh, good info from you for this mission. Uh, like we said before, we are doing Composer, which is the seventh mission in the game, which also contains the sixth terminal, and we'll point that out when we get there. But first of all, what this mission is leading from is the, the last one where we were chasing the didactor trying to prevent him from leaving Requiem, but we kind of failed in that regard, so now we are chasing him all the way to Installation 03, the th- uh, and actually he's going after a ar- foreign artifact called the Composer, hence the name of the campaign mission, Composer. So <clears throat> our mission is to try to stop him from obtaining it by any means necessary. So we've hijacked a Lish, and we've gone into slip space and now we've arrived at at installation 03 uh what you first do as the chief is you go below deck and because chief is awesome and he doesn't need any help he the cutscene has him taking out the crew of the lish and then he takes control by plugging cortana into the console he, he doesn't even need to do anything particularly special therefore they don't even bother showing it i know right he's, he's just a, a badass enough to where he can do that all on his own they, they just leave it all up to you in your own mind to work out what it's just two gunshots that's all you hear yeah it's it, it's very understated stuff it's very much chief style i was thinking it was more like an assassination but because i we mean didn't it, hear it, it be... you, you didn't hear any sort of like <laughs> or you know anything kind of like that going on so i guess I, not but with how the elite fell and how the shields were still kind of flashing afterwards mm-hmm. i don't know that's true i would like to imagine that it could have been an assassination Maybe it's like a style of assassination that you get to uh, put into the game. Maybe. So, Chief takes over the... Well, Cortana takes over the ship with Chief's help, and then he radios into the station, the space station that is holding the composer. It's a a research station that the UNSC has put up to study the ring and study this Forerunner artifact. And we are introduced to Dr. Tilson, which... uh, Lovely lady. Yes, very lovely indeed. And he radios into her, and Chief basically tells her that, yes, we know that he's looking for an artifact, and she seems surprised as ever how he would know that, since uh, he hasn't even been there before. And Chief is basically 
telling her that we're coming in, make sure you uh, prevent the composer from being obtained by the didact at all costs. And during your little conversation with Dr. Tilson, Cortana decides to go, uh, she flips out. Yeah. She, she, she goes crazy <laughs> there for her for a second. And yeah, she, 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 she really loses it in, uh, in an epic way. She, you know, we, we've known from, from the get go that she has issues. Uh, right. I, I'd like to think she felt a bit better after letting some of these issues out after, uh, this particular outburst. One would hope, but the, she's messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just been getting worse and worse. And, and I don't know if it's what she was talking about. Cause she was rambling on about, um, some, some chess game or something. I don't know if this was like, I, I, I remember I, I, if Dr. I, I, Halsey with Tilson before, or I, I don't know if this is Halsey with Tilson or if this is Cortana against Halsey. Yeah. Cause, cause it seemed like I, something I'm getting, I'm getting some, real mummy issues going on there yeah i couldn't tell if it was triggered by the fact it was dr tilson on the other side or if it if it just happened to be a time where cortana went decided to go crazy for the split second i i I, yeah i mean i I don't i'd like some additional insight into this because the first thing she says is do you know what the first thing was that she said to me yeah which which made me wonder whether that was a halsey sort of a halsey flashback it then starts going into chess, you know, discussion of this chess game, and then next thing you know, Cortana's saying, you know, "I'm I'm your greatest creation, and you don't and you hate me," and it's, yeah, it, it very quickly spirals from there. So I, I wonder if it's, you know, a, a mix of all of these things all happening at the same time, or if it's something a bit more than that. Well, but so in in some of the previous cutscenes, we've actually seen where when Cortana is speaking from a Halsey memory. It actually says Catherine Halsey in the subtitles, but all the subtitles in this cutscene say Cortana. Mm-hmm. So it may, it may well be that she was just uh, flipping out literally. Yeah. She just lost it completely. Lost it cool. And, and, and as we'll see as the level goes on, or as the mission goes on, perhaps um, it gets worse and worse and worse. Cortana really is starting to degrade. And, you know, this is, you know, this is just the edge. It gets far worse from here. Yeah. So, because Cortana is flipping out, um, she fails to approach the station in a safe manner. So, the Lich decides to just go crash landing into one of the loading bays. Uh, fortunately enough, Chief and Cortana are okay and they get out of the ship. And, of course, Dr. Tilson was a little worried when the comms cut out and they, I mean, the ship basically crashed into the station. <laughs> So she's she's relieved to hear that the chief's okay, and chief is kind of giving her orders to make sure again that everyone's getting evacuated, and, and the didact is not getting anywhere close to the composer. So where you end up is this uh kind of kind of like a side a docking bay. It's not really a loading bay. It's it's a side docking bay, or maybe it was a part of the station that was um supposed to be a, 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 an actual side of it, not part of the loading bay, and then she just smashed into it, so something just kind of ripped open there. But anyways, he's in the station now. There's some ammo you can pick up. I believe there's some assault rifle ammo. you got, you got, some, you got some AR ammo, uh, some Magnum ammo. you also got a, uh, once you head further in, you enter the first doorway, you'll also find a sticky detonator. So if you want to blow some stuff up in really creative ways, you've also got that option too. Yeah, and uh, I have a feeling you'll be talking about it later too from the pre-show discussion. 
Yeah, I do like me some sticky detonating. So, the first room of enemies you come into is is the actual big hangar bay for the for the station, and you see this jackal uh, jumping towards a marine. And the first marine that the jackal's attacking, you really can't do anything about. He's he's long gone. So, uh, take out the jackal as quickly as you can. And then there's a couple of grunts and a, a few more jackals and an elite that you had to take out in the first area. They kind of go through uh, a small little platform slash building, and then that's your second encounter where you encounter more grunts and elites. And if you're playing on Legendary, you'll actually have two beam rifle jackals shooting at you on the upper level in the se- in the next room. So as you're making your way through that, make sure that you take out most of the grunts first. You can stay back quite a bit and headshot all the grunts and just make sure that you watch out for the jackals. Um, if you don't go far enough, the jackals may see your feet, so you'll have a few warning shots before they shoot you, so you can quickly dive into cover. But I would suggest taking out most of the grunts first, or if you're gutsy enough or, or skilled enough to kind of run out there and take out the jackals very quickly. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so after that second room... You come up to a room where Marines are kind of uh, holding down the area, and there's some more sticky detonator ammo in there. There's some DMR ammo upstairs, some Magnum ammo uh, upstairs, I think, as well. And there's a second hangar bay that you have to go through and take out all the Covenant in there. There will be a series of two or three dropships, depending on how quickly you move. Uh, You're instructed by Cortana to close the... um, or activate the shields for the hangar base so no more covenant can come in. And if it's if you're doing on normal or heroic, it's pretty easy to go through all the enemies pretty quickly and then close the door. Um, but what you're gonna have to end up doing is at the far end of the hangar bay, like where the door is on the right walkway, there's a switch you have to activate, and that will raise the shields. Uh, the first drop of the first dropship that comes in the first. A uh, phantom that comes in is just your regular group of enemies, uh, a few grunts, some jackals, and a couple of elites. And then the second one that comes in is a set of elites with swords, and I think one of them has a concussion rifle. So That's you want right. you want to take those out probably with a noob combo, or maybe if you have your sticky detonator, use that instead. Well, you do have the option to also because if you when you leave the door. Uh, one of the first things you find is uh, a turret. Yeah, there is a turret. So, so you do have the option to, you know, rather than burning ammo, um, taking the turret. turret. I find that turret, though, is not in a very good spot. Well, the useful thing for that is because um, as you leave the door on the left-hand side, there'll very often be a jackal with a sniper or a jackal with a, um, a carbine. I can't remember which. Is it carbine? It just depends on the difficulty. Just off to the left of the door. It depends on the yeah, difficulty. Okay. Well, actually, I think it's only carbine. Okay, um, and the the turret is perfectly lined up to uh, to take a stab at that guy, so you can just open up on that guy immediately. But any because the way the dropships land, there there are two um, there are two branches sort of leading out towards the opening of the uh, of the bay. And what you can do is you can basically cover the entirety of um, one of those uh, the, the right hand side, which is which is where um, where the uh, Phantom comes in and drops off its uh, mm, drops off its cargo. You mean with the turret or with the the 
with the, the jackal the position. No, the jack the turret's on the right hand side, and you can cover the left. Uh, the I, I can normally I can normally get a decent um decent aim on the on the right hand side. Maybe mm. maybe maybe that's because I detach it too quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, because you 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 only even get a look all the way down the walkway on the left hand side. And with all the crates and boxes and other stuff, part of the station that's there, it's hard to get a beat on some of the Covenant that are hiding behind them. So I, if you want to rip off the turret, that's that's a good way to do it. But I find that using the turret, unless you rip it off, is kind of a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, the the, the good thing about being able to rip off the turret and head down there is because like, you, know, you get to save whatever ammo you do have. Um, you know, it means that you can, you know, because when you get, if you stay down that end, yeah, you get the sword guys, they'll immediately run away from the rest of the group, which just leaves them really easy to pick off. You can just open up with the turret, take them out from afar real easy. Uh, just, you know, noob combo is great for elites in general anyway, so, you know, always, always advisable at the best of times. But yeah. it just, it does make it that little bit easier having the, uh, the sword elites separate from the rest just so it don't surprise you somehow. Right. So, I believe there's either two or three different waves that come that come in via phantoms, and then once you try to go for that switch, once once you get, I think about halfway down that bridge to get that switch, um, it triggers an event for the elite phantom to come down, and it'll drop the elites right on that pad where you have to activate the switch. So you either have to make a mad dash, activate the switch, and run back, or you have to wait for them to drop, take them out, and then go activate the switch. So depending on on what your style of gameplay is, what your strategy is, pick one of those two and prepare to fight those at least because you have to take out all the enemies in that area before you can move on. That's right. After that hangar part, you will have a door that's over um, where you first came into the hangar bay. It's going to be over to the right-hand side. So as you're coming back down the walkway, it's going to be on the left. Uh, A door will open. There will be three jackals and an elite there, so... Uh, pick up some plasma grenades from the Covenant that I've dropped there, chunk a few in there, and you'll clear all of them out most of the time. Uh, the Elite might still be standing afterwards, but he's usually pretty weak, so you can take him out with a few uh, pistol shots or an assault rifle or a frag if you have one of those left over. And then as you uh, move further in, you'll see some grunts, and I believe this is another part where you'll see some more jackal snipers up on the top. So... um Watch out for those as you're going through as well. Most of the grunts will kind of walk up and walk around to where you can headshot them without exposing yourself too much. Uh, they do have a t- tendency to throw grenades at this part, though, so watch out as you have some uh, tight corners that you can get really easily pinned in this area. But if you keep on moving forward, pressing forward, and, and shooting at them, you, you'll be okay at this part. There is a plasma turret here as well, so take out the guy that's operating that. Uh, I believe it starts off with a grunt and some other, <clears throat> some other grunt can come in and pick it up afterwards or an elite will come by and hop on it if you kill one of their buddies as well. They're just, as I was saying earlier, do the one-handed turret grab thing, which still looks kind of weird to me, but it's very funny to see. What do you mean the one-handed turret grab? The, 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 the elite, because I was, I was, when I was playing it earlier, there was a, there was a gold elite on the um, on, on the turret, and rather than holding it with the two hands, uh-huh. he was only holding it with one. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like he was about to spank it or something. It was really weird. <laughs> That's so, weird. I don't, I don't. I don't know if that was just my uh, on my Xbox. Uh, <laughs> but I need to try and replicate that because that looked awesome. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Simple things. Fair, what can I say? <laughs> Quote of the podcast. It looks like the elite's <laughs> about to spank a turret. Yeah, we should probably leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on, once you go through uh, that set of enemies there, uh, you have to kind of go up the stairs and drop down in to a little group of grunts, but you can easily take them out or run past them. Then you have to kind of go up this set of stairs, and there's some grunts that are kind of running away from you, so you can backsmack most of them or, or headshot them as you're making your way up. Uh, I think there's like two flights of stairs, and then once you get up top, there's some more grunts and a couple of elites there that you have to take out as well and once you get through those you'll have a door that you can open um i believe all the time one of them is a gold elite too i don't i don't think in the the last section we were at it's always a gold elite but in here there's always at least one gold elite um then the door opens up and then this is the first part where you actually get scanned in the game and Cortana will make the comment that the didact doesn't know where the composer is. So he'll be scanning the the station, I think, like f- four or five different times throughout the duration it's, it's, of this it's mission. three or four, I think. Okay. We'll take the middle ground. Maybe it's four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you're getting scanned, you come up to this next room, and there's, a, I think, a shotgun in front of the door or it's behind the door. But this is the room where you have the hunters. Hey. Um, so this is a part where there's a achievement, actually. Yes. Um, if you, if you want to take the time out to try and do some achievement hunting, uh, um, there's an achievement here for being able to kill the hunters uh, in the room using nothing but the sticky detonator on heroic or legendary. Um, right. Much easier than some of the other achievements in the game, if only because of the fact that you don't only have the sticky detonator in that there's a, a, a very well-lit lab in the, as you enter, it's right in front of you. It's on the, in the right-hand corner of the room. Um, you run in there, the sticky detonator's on the middle table. Um, but there's also, just outside, uh, if you fo- follow the, uh, the back wall, there's um, uh, an ammo rack on there, and you do have the uh, freedom to pick up another, uh, must be another eight rounds or something. So you've got about 12 rounds in total to blow away the, um, blow away the hunters. Nice and easy, and uh, just really good fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So right. the achievement is called Give Him the Stick. It's worth 20 gamer score. And like uh, Pete just said, you have to kill both of the hunters with only the sticky detonator. That means that you have to fully use the st- sticky detonator. You can't like use a shotgun and then kill him with the sticky detonator. You have to use only sticky detonator to, sticky detonator to damage and then kill him. That's, so. that's right. So n- nice and easy. You can shoot them in the legs. You shoot, you know, drop them on the ground and blow them up from below. I mean, it normally takes no more than what four, four grenades in total to kill a hunter. So it, and that's if uh, I think on legendary it takes a few more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, maybe it is three. I would have to go back and check. I'm I'm not exactly sure. You're thinking about it now. And the, and the key thing is, if, if you're blowing off the armor plates and, and getting some decent hits on them anyway, you know, you'll, you'll get rid of them soon enough and you have plenty of ammo to go around. So, uh, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, think, I think there's... Well, so there's not an ammo crate in there, but there are two sticky detonators, which each of them yeah. hold, I believe, five extra grenades. So it's a, it has a clip of six. 
Yeah, that's right. I could be wrong, but I think that's that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, but you have you have enough to take out both hunters if you get a shot on each one of them every time. Uh, yeah. So moving on from uh, that room after you get your achievement, if you're going for the achievement or uh, if you're not just taking out the hunters, you go into a cutscene with Dr. Tilson and uh, you're in your discussion with her, you're trying to figure out how to get the artifact off the station without the didact being able to get his hands on it. And Dr. Tilson's like, you know how long it took us to get this thing over here? <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Um, and then after that said, uh, Chief has asked Tilson to give Cortana the uh, access to the inventory on the station. And she finds that there are seven excavation-grade Havoc nukes that could take that could possibly destroy the composer. And of course, Dr. Tilson being a scientist is kind of opposed to the idea with all the work that they've put into it. And chief is like, there's, <clears throat> there's a little bit more uh, at stake here with the didact if he's able to get the composer. So, um, so she's, she finally kind of gives in. It's like, she'll, she'll prime the nukes and, and then you're off to go uh, do your thing. So as you uh, make your way out, you're uh, put in this big chamber where the composer is, and there's people walking around with mantises, and you can actually get one of your terminals here as well. Uh, this is the sixth terminal. If you walk over to where you're supposed to go, which is over to the right-hand side, if you go a little bit further to the right where the uh, of where the ramp is that you're supposed to go up, there's a part on the wall that says atrium. If you go in there, in the little rocks areas in there, that's where your sixth terminal, domain terminal, is. So if you're going for that achievement, make sure you uh, pick up that domain terminal. After you do that, or if you're deciding to skip that, you can walk up the ramp to your next objective. And to the room on the left, there's actually some more sticky detonator ammo that you can pick up. Uh, then you can walk back to the door. After some dialogue with uh, Dr. Tilson, the door will open up and there will be a Marine there sitting on the ground. Give him a, a minute or so, he'll stand up and open the door to the next part of the mission for you. And this is where you can, I believe you get scanned again. Because uh, yep. the didact is still looking for the composer. There's some jackals with shields and um, you can, after you take them out, you make your way through some uh, back halls. There's some more covenant that you have to fight off, some grunts, some elites. And then you get to your first airlock. Now, the interesting things about, about this area is I didn't actually find this out until about my third or fourth playthrough, but uh, if you can take out the enemies that are currently in there f quick enough, you can actually go to the airlocks, and you can see the uh, groups of Covenant coming into the airlocks, like the door will be open on the outside and it closes. You have about a three-second window where you can uh, activate the outside door to the airlock, and they'll flush all the enemies out, and then you won't have to worry about fighting them. So, I believe that happens in this first section three different times. Uh, there's three different waves of Covenant that come in. So, um, any wave that you can flush out back into space uh, prevents you from having to fight those. Yeah, it's kind of a, kind of counterintuitive though. I mean, if if you if you do want to fight them, if you you know if you are feeling masochistic and you want to waste some ammo and so on. Um, you can, you know, there, there are some great um, sort of elevated walkways which are accessible on the left-hand side of uh, of that room, and also there's another airlock later on you can do the same thing with, and that gives you a really great 
field of vision for uh, trying to take out any of the Covenant that are there. You know, for example, if you uh, if you can't get to the airlocks in time to flush the enemy out, or if uh, you don't manage to take out the elites quickly enough that are walking around on the um, uh, the gangway directly in front of you as you enter through the door, that does give you the ability to you know try and pick the pick off the Covenant as they come in through the airlocks below you. So you do have that option as well. Uh huh. And uh, I think for the most part, um, you can, if you want to, you can just uh, there's a the doorway to the left as you enter into the airlock, and that's where it actually goes and leads up. And then you can actually pick most of the enemies off from the top because I believe most of them are grunts and jackals, and maybe there's one or two at least that come in through the airlock. So this first set is really not that hard to deal with. Yeah, first set's nice and easy. You know, it's it's grunts, it's uh, shield. Uh, sh- um, shield jackals. That's the one, <laughs> and a, a couple of carbine jackals. Yeah, uh, I, think, will, I think I you, think you're looking for infantry jackal. They're yeah, the ones with the you, shields. You, you will you will find that um that on the elevator positions you do have DMRs and things like that, so you can pick those up to uh, to give you that little added extra for taking those out and getting your headshots. So you don't have to rely on finding a magnum or something like that, or uh, or using a covenant carbine. Although like I said I do like the carbine, so any excuse. Right. Uh, after the first airlock, you uh, come into another set of corridors, and there's some Marines being uh, held down by a couple of grunts and elites. And the elite that, you, that is there, you can actually backsmack. So you can assassinate him or just uh, take him out quickly. And then there's a few more elites and grunts and jackals you have to deal with. And then you come up to your second airlock. And this one is a little bit more heavy in terms of how many enemies are there. You have an, a gold elite that's there on the the gangway that you were standing on. Then I believe the jackal that's up top on the the balcony on the right actually is a sniper jackal on legendary. I believe um, so. So make sure you take him out uh, quickly once you get into that room. There's some more grunts there. And then, of course, you can do the same thing again with the airlocks where you can flush the enemies out as they're coming in. Or you can stay up top. Uh, there's some uh, back pathways, some maintenance ramps that you can take to get up to the top and then just take them out from there. The amount of waves that come through the airlocks, though, I think is dub- between double and triple what they were in the last one. Um, from the video I just watched, there's about, I think, seven or eight different times that they can come in. So after you uh, either clean up those enemies by letting them come in or after you release them back into into space by opening the airlocks then you can make your way to the next part where you get scanned a third time. So at this point, it's, the didact is probably figuring out where the composer is um, from his numerous scans. But you finally get to the point where you can activate the base's defenses. So you plug Cortana in, she does her thing, and Dr. Tilson's like, yay, I hear the defenses. They're actually doing something for a change. Huzzah! Yay! So they're they're basically <clears throat> like major railgun turrets that are just on the the asteroid that you are in. So after that happens, you well actually I forgot to mention there are some camo elites in that room that you have to take out. So uh, you'll find that there's one at the uh, at the console which is controlling the uh, controlling the uh, the gun turrets. There's also one off to the left hand side as well. Right. So I should have mentioned that a little before then, but. Uh, take Surprise. those out with 
take those out with a sticky detonator or a, a noob combo like plasma pistol DMR or plasma pistol magnum, and uh, those will be those are pretty easy to take out. It's not too hard to see the shimmers, uh, especially when they start running towards you. So uh, take those out, uh, pluck Rotana in, activate the base's defenses again, and make your merry way back down to the main atrium where the composer is and to pick up the nuke. Oh, one, one other thing to point out. Um, if you go um, over to the main terminal, immediately turn 180, you'll also find some more weapons lockers. So there you can find some ARs, uh, sticky detonator if you want it, uh, grenades as well. Alrighty. Lots of sticky detonator on this on this map. Love it. It's, uh, <laughs> as, I was, as I was saying before, this 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 level really is a love letter to the sticky detonator and shows absolutely every reason why you should use it, mainly for just blowing absolutely everything up. Great fun. <laughs> I'm I'm I mean I like the sticky detonator, but I don't find it extremely useful. It's it's much less useful on legendary than I think I'd like. You know, you you think you think okay, you get a sticky, uh, or if you get a stick on an enemy, it, you know, you're you're almost guaranteed an insta kill. Um, I don't find that's the case when using the sticky detonator, which can be very frustrating. You know, you might you might even manage to get two hits on someone and it won't necessarily kill them, which yeah. is really annoying. <laughs> it seems a little bit underpowered compared to just like regular grenades. I mean, yeah. it's. It's nice to kind of get that explosive uh, piece in there, but it still seems like it just takes uh, takes a, a lot to get enemies out, especially on legendary. Yeah, on on legendary, it's definitely uh, much weaker than perhaps it should be. And at the, at the same time, I you know you play it on any other difficulty, and it's a really rewarding weapon to use. It's really fun, you know, and some of the kills you can get with it really are really satisfying. So, mm-hmm. less less good on on legendary, but I think you can say that of a, a lot of the other otherwise satisfying weapons, especially the AR. I mean, the the AR can tear things up. Yeah, in, it's, it's, in, it's, in, in anything but legendary. I I find it has some uses in legendary. Oh, it has some uses. I mean, so most, mostly against like grunts or jackals. Definitely not against elites. Oh, but yeah. the AR has definitely been beefed up compared to some other some of the other games. I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like even, even compared but, to Halo One. Yeah, and when you also com- you know, combine that with you know the sound work they did with the weapons as well for Halo Four and everything, it really is a completely different experience using the weapon. It's really entertaining. Right. So <clears throat> once you pull Cortana, you uh, make your way down some more ramps, and there's another long hall of Covenant that you have to fight off. Um, there's a couple of elites, a few jackals, and a few grunts. So nothing too out of the ordinary for you. Uh, once you take those out, you come back into the atrium where the composer is, and uh, you have to wait for some dialogue to happen first. If you go over to the left, and there's a Spartan laser that you can pick up, and the door that's going to open is gonna, actually going to end up being on your right, and you get scanned by the didact once again while you're in this area. Uh, once you get outside, you will find a mantis. You will want to hop into that as quickly as possible. And once you get in there, you can take all the grunts that are walking in front of you and the jackals. Um, there's a lot of just uh, foot infantry at the beginning. Um, and then there'll be some more phantoms that come in and drop enemies off uh, later on. Um, if you're doing this on co-op, there are two mantises available. I I don't know if there's 
a full four. I want to say there is, but I don't think I've played this one on four player co op yet. No, do you do you know if there's four mantises for I've, everybody? I've never, I've never played it for uh, four player co op either. Um, one thing I would point out though is uh, on the up on the opposite side from where you uh, hop into the mantis and start killing absolutely everything, you do have two grunts that have um, fuel rod cannons, and they yeah. can they can kill you pretty quick if you're not mobile. So get moving, you know, open up with the uh, with the Gatling gun as quickly as humanly possible, and you'll tear them up nice and easy. I find that. If I just uh, stop and use the turret first, the one that's there beside the mantis, and take out the uh, infantry there, that it's just it's a little bit easier because you have a certain angle to where you can shoot them, but they can't shoot you. And then with the mantis, you're a little bit more open-ended. So uh, I actually do the mounted machine gun first, and then I hop into the mantis after most of the uh, foot infantry is is taken care of. That's a really good suggestion because what you don't because considering what's about to come up. You want the mantis uh, to be as unharmed you, you, as possible. You you want it in the best possible condition. Literally, the last thing you want to have happen is uh, just losing absolutely everything, and that will happen uh, if if you let your uh, if if you let your mantis get absolutely wrecked. So you know, uh, de- definitely take that on board. Uh, you use the use the mounted machine gun if you can, um, or if you are going to take the uh, the mantis uh, from the get go then just make sure that you're mobile and you get out of the area as soon as possible. Right. And then head head around the corner. Well, one thing I think to note about using the Mantis is you really want to use that kind of inner quote-unquote island or pedestal that the composer's on because um, it provides you a way to kind of walk around and, and use some of the natural terrain there and the composer as a shield against some of the, uh, like the Banshees and the Ghosts and the race that'll come in. So use that as kind of your your platform for fighting and kind of gives you the upper ground as well. And since you can kind of walk around it, it gives you the ability to have a basically a 360-degree view of all the enemies that are there. And you can also place yourself in a way such a way that you can see the phantoms coming in and you can get shots on the phantoms. Yeah, um, if, you, if, you, if you open up with the rocket launchers from the Mantis, then you can actually take them out very, very quickly as well. Which is uh, always a good thing, um, if only because of the fact it means that you might be able to take out the tanks they're carrying before uh, before they get to drop them. And and one important thing to really consider when you're fighting against the phantoms in the in the race is is using the overcharge part for the mantis. Like whenever you you shoot the missiles, there's a secondary firing mode where if you just hold down the trigger, it'll actually charge up all the rockets, and you can shoot a full barrage of five missiles in one go. Um, I, on, I actually only found out about that playing the level again today. I went through <laughs> the entirety of the game beforehand, not realizing that was possible, which really upset me because the first time I played this, I got absolutely wrecked over and over and over again. And all the time I was thinking, man, they, they should make this level a lot easier. I don't know what's happening. Why can't I take everything out? Why, why haven't I got the firepower? And I had the firepower all the time. I just didn't know it. Yep, that was uh, that was my bad. So, <laughs> I mean, you learn. I mean, I didn't know about uh, some things until after the campaign or <clears throat> after a few run-throughs as well. Like the airlock thing, I didn't know about that until like my fourth or fifth run-through in. So, it's it's. I mean, you can still pick up things through throughout the campaign as as you move along. Um, a couple of things to note about this encounter though is you have 
I think like two or three different core sets of encounters that you will have throughout the game. And uh, the first one being is those, those first, or not the game, just this part. Um, the first one being the, fr- the foot infantry that you have to deal with. And then there will be several waves of phantoms coming in the, and they'll drop off troops and some ghosts and some wraiths. So what you're going to want to do is whenever you see those ghosts and wraiths, you primarily want to use your chain gun. And then against the phantoms, you want to use kind of your overcharged uh, missile shot. And the missiles will, like if, if your reticle is red, the missiles will lock on to whatever you're trying to shoot at. So if you have um, if you have multiple people playing with you, if you're playing on co-op, uh, definitely take advantage of using two of the, the overcharged missile shots because it just takes two of them to take out one phantom. Um, a few waves uh, into the whole fight, you're going to have banshees coming in as well. Uh, primarily try to take those out with the chain gun, and then if there aren't any other phantoms or wraiths that you have to worry about, you just fire off your missiles with one shots, and they will lock onto the banshees. And it takes, I think, only two or three missiles to take out a banshee. So there's really no point in using your your full overcharge to take out just one banshee. Yeah, if you're peppering them with the chain gun as well, you are going to you know, pepper them with that, and, and that will weaken them significantly. So there really is no point using that overcharge just because of the fact that you know, by the time you've charged it up, you've probably taken off half of the... Uh, half of the health of the vehicle anyway just by shooting it with the uh with the gun right um so those are pretty much my tips for that part um just just watch out for the race whenever they drop i think there's a total of three wraiths that get dropped there's numerous ghosts and then there's plenty of banshees that come in so uh again kind of hang in and around that area around the composer because there's some definitely some spots where you can dive back behind cover and regain your shields and uh, just remember that you do have quite a bit of health with the Mantis. So you can go a pretty decent time without a shield on the Mantis and actually be able to uh, stay there taking out some of the Phantoms, the Banshees, and some of the Foot Infantry without have, having to dive behind cover and letting your shields recharge because it does take a long time for those shields to recharge. One thing I also would say is that there's a natural inclination with the way that the battle's progressing and the way the level is set up at the start. Um, you do have a natural inclination to drift off to the right and keep going forwards. Yeah, because you naturally want to engage the enemy. If you do that, what you will find is the uh, the third the third wraith that's uh, dropped off actually ends up being dropped off behind you. Hmm. So it's really easy to be ambushed with that. Um, so going back to what we were saying before about using the central pedestal as a, uh, a great way of being able to defend, if you stay to the right of the pedestal but don't leave it, what you will find is the wraith is dropped directly in front of you. And if you uh, fire off uh, a barrage of uh, missiles straight at that, that gives you the, uh, the, the strength you need to be able just to take that out of the game immediately. Right. And it, I think one full overcharge of missiles won't take out the Wraith, but then it doesn't take very much longer with the chain gun to take to finish it off. Um, That's right. So uh, for that encounter, just uh, be smart with what weapon you're using on what enemy. Primarily you save the missiles for the Phantoms and the Wraiths and then use it on the Banshees as needed and then use the chain gun for everything else. 
after you're done with that encounter, you're going to go back into um, the door where you first came out, where you first uh, hit the elevator to come here. And that's pretty much across the way from where you came back down. So directly across from, from where you first got into the Mantis is, is the door that you need to go into um, to hit the elevator back up to where you need to go. Um, as you're making your way up the elevator ride, the, um, the station, the hole of the station becomes ripped open and the didact uh, basically uses a gravity well to uh, take the composer from its pedestal and it goes bye-bye. I think dun, at this dun, point, dun. I think at this point, Doctor Doctor Tilson's like, well, I actually she doesn't quite know yet because we haven't told her. But, um, actually, this is another part where Cortana goes a little crazy too. Um, well, it, in fairness, there's a lot of reasons to go crazy. Uh, yeah, with, with, with what's going on there, you already you already have an idea of what the composer's for. You already know, you know, what the stakes are, you know, with regards to this. You're, you've just had the entirety of the station hit by this massive shockwave. The window's just blown out directly in front of you. And Everyone's what, still you present, what, like... what you're presented with is this bright red light. You see the... Uh, Composer <laughs> drifting see... off into space towards the didact ship. Yes, yeah, so something that the Infinity took three months to move has just been sucked up then and there. That's that's a really... Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a really crappy situation right there. I'd be freaking out too. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, uh, poor Cortana. She really can't handle it. She, uh, she's really not in a bad, uh, not in a good, not in a good way. No. Um, but you finally convince Cortana to, to get the lift started again. You go back upstairs. Um, all the scientists are kind of running around trying to figure out what's happening. And you inform Dr. Tilson that the composer has been taken and she's taken. She's surprised. And as, because she didn't think it would be able to be moved. So, uh, not too long after that, the blast doors, I think they open the blast doors and they see the didact ship. And uh, I think Chief plugs Cortana into a console and tells Cortana to get the base's defense up online and try to uh, take the didact out if, if, if she can. Well, the, the, the key thing is they, they want to find a vehicle that's capable of carrying their nuclear payload isn't it yeah so they they, they need to get off the station they need to blow up um the 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 composer if if at all possible so cortana's busy trying to find that at the same time you've got absolutely everything kicking off you've got the uh the scientists having literally zero clue as to what it is they're supposed to do at this stage i'm pretty sure that nothing in their training would have prepared them for this kind of uh, extraterrestrial contact, and no. uh, and then the badness comes. Yeah. So as as Cortana's looking through the um, ship manifest to see what could carry the the nuke and get it to the composer, um, Doctor Tilson uh, looks at the didact ship and says something's happening. And um, oh yeah, something's happening. Something yeah, something's happening. <laughs> Uh, at that point, that's where Chief says, gets the, get the station defenses up, and Cortana says it's not responding. And then, not before long, the composer activates, and then everyone gets composed. Yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most harrowing scenes in any Halo game that I've ever seen, for me. It was, I, it was very, like, disturbing. It's, it's visceral, mm-hmm. is what it is, you know, it, 
I, are, are we doing? I guess we are doing spoilers here. I guess we're seeing. Some I mean, the game's been out for for over two months. There's no spoilers anymore. Yeah, if if you haven't played the game by now, then you know there's no excuse. Um, you know, you see people essentially broken down piece by piece from skin to muscle to skeleton, and even that goes. They just get these people get disintegrated before your very eyes, and you know. It's bad enough seeing some of the stuff. I mean, uh, did you did you watch uh, Forward Unto Dawn? Yes. Now, the, one of the things I really liked about Forward Unto Dawn was it made it all very scary, made it all very real. You know, when people were being hit with needlers, they were just ev- evaporating, disintegrating. That was pretty scary seeing that live action. But seeing someone broken down into their base elements in a way that the composer does—that's really unsettling, really unnerving. And if if that doesn't set the tone for the final mission, I, I I can't imagine what else would. That was it was really unpleasant for me watching that the first time around, and that really left me going, man, I want to I want to kick that guy's ass. <laughs> I want to kick that guy's ass so bad. And of course, what immediately follows that, because you know, of course, the chief doesn't get um doesn't get melted down he uh, he manages to uh, survive the encounter as a result of the uh, the work the librarian did on him right, the, the, the benign see, mutation yeah and, and or prevent course, mutation sorry yeah the, the mutation to uh, take him to the next plane of uh, human existence but what happens after that when Cortana is just there by herself that's that's heartbreaking as well yeah so the first thing is that she said that she could hear them their screams as as the data uh purge like so basically if if you haven't figured this out yet what the composer does is basically breaks down like all life on a molecular level and and, tra- and kind of transforms it into this data stream and it, it pulls it and collects it that's why if you have played Spartan Ops and, and you've played through episode 5 that's why um when you see them talking about uh, the the memories of the knights being a recent one is because the Prometheans are basically made up of quote-unquote the souls of humans. So the, the what the composer is doing is basically taking an entire snapshot of that person and basically storing it as data. It's supposed Which to be that, more used for feasible. archival pur- purposes, but... I mean, at, at well, that point, you're it's it's the person as as you as you knew that person is pretty much gone at this point. Well, it's explained earlier on in the game, isn't it? How you know that there was an intention for that because it, it, it was intended to be used on the forerunners, wasn't it, to try and ascend to the next plane of existence. And what what they found was everything that that person had been just fragmented. It broke up. It didn't survive the trip, essentially. So when they tried to reconstitute it all and, and make them physical again and make them into living beings again, it just didn't happen. Um, they, just, they just couldn't come back sane. And of course, you've got to remember, remember as well, the composer was what was used to digitize um, 343 Guilty Spark and the other monitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same, same stuff. So... You know, you can imagine, you know, the the sorts of minds that you would get as a result of that. You know, if you if you watch if you watched all the um, all the monitors in um, or all the uh, oh, what they're called, the things with the with all the data and the information you 
press on. This is really embarrassing. I'm, I'm, wait, what? Yeah, the, um, uh, the computers that you, uh, you get the videos up on. You mean the domain? Sorry? Wait, what, computer, what? Alright. I'm you, confused. Uh, you, hold, you hold X and the video comes up. The, ah, oh, the terminals? Yes, the terminals. I, my, my, can we edit that entire segment? That's, that's awful. <laughs> I'm like confused over here. Uh, I'm like, are you yeah, looking right. for something else? Uh, yeah, the terminals. <laughs> yeah, the terminals. Okay. Um, uh, if you watched all the terminals in uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary, um, you, you, you see Guilty Spark at the start of the entire uh, of his life as a monitor, and there he's you know very very stable, but very quickly you know he, you know he, in, in spite of all of. Uh, the forerunner's technology and so on in, in trying to create that kind of shell for him, he's already starting to break down. Well, that's so what, like 10,000 so years after it was created? I mean, so, I mean, it's still a significantly long time. It's, 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 it's fantastic, but at the same time, you know, you can imagine what would result if, if they tried to digitize the whole of humanity and, and do a similar process for absolutely everyone. It, it would be a mess. Um, like, I mean, longer lives, but by no means, uh, by no means infinite, which I think was, was the, the goal for the technology in the first place. The idea of being able to become a timeless digital entity, essentially. Right. But, um, it's scary stuff. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely kind of a shocker when it, when it first happened. It's like, oh wow, that's bad. That's really bad. And poor Cortana, she's yeah, you know, she's saying she's she's hearing, hearing what was left of them as they were being streamed up in, in into the composer. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, that's that's really crappy, because because she can actually like tap into those kind of things, and the fact that she could basically hear their screamings as they were being broken down and, and stripped away. That that's got to be an unpleasant experience. Yeah, I mean, and the, the the whole um, all the story elements that are shown in this particular level are one of the reasons why this is my favorite one, just because everything you've been told up until the end, this this really brings it all to a head. It's fa- it's a fantastic setup for the next mission, which um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll be discussing very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's and, a couple more things that Cortana says too. That yes, at, at the end of this thing, like there, there's the the three kind of big points or three big points at the end where she where she kind of is talking to chief and the first one was that that she could hear them as they were being streamed up to the the composer um the second one is that uh she's telling chief that she's going to be replaced that 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 she's so far gone that they're that whenever he gets back to earth they're going to replace um her with another possibly another clone of of halsey uh, but it's not going to be her alongside him anymore so she's basically worried about dying at this point. Like, like she knows she's gone. She knows she's gone rampant, but she still can't help the fact that that she's essentially dying and not going to be with Chief anymore. Well, in the, 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 whole, the, whole, the whole running story about how, you know, which, which one's the machine? Yeah. Cortana or Chief? Th- that moment there really, you know, really hits it home again, you know, along, along with all of this. Yeah, you know, is is the fact that you know she she's petrified of death and she's petrified of losing her best yeah you know, her her best if not only friend 
and, and perhaps you, you could even perceive their relationship as much more than that. And all the chief is focused on is we, we need to get the composer. We need to take out the composer. If, if we don't take out the composer, more of what we've just seen is going to happen. Right. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but... You oh, def- no, it's, it's, it's definitely good for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, cause, you know if, if the chief doesn't do that, then there's going to be, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of disintegrated people. Um, but that really, that really brings home again the humanity of Cortana. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not necessarily the inhumanity, but perhaps the disconnect. I mean, that goes back to chief. what we first saw at the beginning of the campaign where, uh, that one guy was talking about, um, on, like, antisocial behaviors that the Spartans have. Hmm. So. It's great. Um, it's, it's great stuff. That, 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 that exchange that Cortana and Chief have at the end of that, uh, mission is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely lovely. Well, I mean, most of the, most of their dialogue and interaction is just really, really well done, which is, I, 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 I want to say that Halo 4 is probably one of the most complex storylines in the Halo franchise so far. Mm. And, and it, it has a lot of direction, a lot of impetus, which I think, um, in some of the other games has been, not, not been lacking. Um, but I think they've, um, they've given over more to the, to the bigger picture. Um, you, know, you look at the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. A lot of emphasis is focused on, you know, stopping the covenant. Of course, because, you know, that's, that's what you're playing for. You're playing to finish off the covenant and to prevent, um, you know, prevent the destruction of the human race and indeed all life as we know it. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's what we're playing for. That's, that's the, that's the prize. If we can stop that, it's all good. With Halo 4, while all that's going on, they are also putting at the forefront of all of that, this, this connection between these two characters and, and what that means for both, what, what the implications are for their lives as, both of them might see them end very soon. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I really love Halo 4, perhaps ahead of quite a few of the other games, just because of the fact that they've taken the story level, storytelling to a whole new level by doing that. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that Cortana talks about is uh, she's kind of frustrated or, or kind of peeved at the fact that... uh that um, whatever th- this is the line that she basically said, but whatever the librarian did to you obviously worked. So she's obviously kind of ticked off that whatever the librarian did to Chief kind of helped him along, but the fact that she didn't really get any help from the librarian that she's still going rampant, she's kind of pissed at that. It's like, why do you get all the special treatment? Why don't Why don't I get anything? Well, I, did, I didn't know if that was that was her being angry at the librarian or her being angry at the chief for essentially dismissing the fact that she's on her deathbed essentially because hmm. um, possibly the, the, both because the, the the exchange is you know you know I, uh, they, they're gonna they, they're gonna pair you up with another ai but it's not going to be me and the chief just goes that's not going to happen just just don't, what isn't willing to talk about it isn't willing to discuss it isn't willing to uh, you know, to let her vent and, and go through that because the chief is so focused on his mission that he's just like, we, we need to focus up. We need to get this done. And, and very quickly, you know, she, 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 you know, sucks it up a little bit, but you can tell 
there's not necessarily resentment it's just she's she's finding it very difficult to suppress how upset she is i think um yeah i think she finds it very difficult just to um find a way to respond to that you know the 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 chief has has evolved he's survived but is is you know that yeah it's, it's great that he's still alive of course but i'm still dying can you can you give me a moment, please? <laughs> I, I, that, I, that's 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 how I read it myself. I mean, may, mm. maybe it's just been uh, given ambiguously, specifically so. It yeah, it comes across as as, as being able to be in, interpreted in, in multiple ways, which again is another reason why I absolutely adore this game. There, yeah, there's so many I know. levels of ambiguity, and there's so many different ways to read everything that's going on. Um. But like yeah. you, could, you could definitely tell like how how much deeper the relationship between Chief and Cortana is in this game, and I mean how much Cortana really thinks of Chief as as more than just a, a partner, really. I mean, there's there's people that talk about borderline. Is it is it more like a, a romantic relationship from Cortana's part? Because I mean, if we look at it, if we look at the game, she's definitely more human than Chief is right now, and yeah, she it, she was it, based off of a human brain. So who says that she still can't? "Quote unquote," feel or experience those kind of emotions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, anyone from the first game onwards would be able to know that Cortana and the Chief are more than just bros. Yeah, they're more, they're more than just friends. They're more than just partners in crime, romping through the galaxy, blowing stuff up. And we, you know, we're basically being shown the the beginning of the end of that relationship. And just how hurtful that process is, especially seeing as how it's readily apparent that neither of them wanted to end. Yeah, it's um, it it's 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 the death throes of what's going on there, and, and it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. Like I think I think I teared up inside when I saw the the last cutscene in the game, the the last exchange between Cortana and Chief. Yeah, because you know you. That it's a beautiful thing that they've managed to craft in the story, the the relationship between the chief and and Cortana, and the fact that up until now they've been able to craft that, with and even and with very very little, yeah, you know, input or things considered. Because when 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 you think about what they show in the games and what they show, you know, quote unquote on, on screen. Uh-huh. Half of the half of their dialogue is quips and, and witticisms, and the other half is um, is just mission based information. But in spite of the fact that there is that somewhat limited uh, scope for conversation, they still manage to create this really fantastic and and very real relationship between these two characters, mm-hmm. and. The fact that, in, in spite of the fact that it that, that they ha- it's been a little bit limited up until now, they are still able um, in this game to turn it up to eleven and make it and 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 turn it from being two characters solely focused on getting through the mission and getting and and, and achieving their objectives to becoming an emotional journey. Essentially, for two lovers who um, in a relationship that's going to be brought to an end far too soon, and, yeah. and that is a, an absolutely beautiful thing. Well, I don't know if we think that 
is possibly around the Chiefs side, but um, definitely Cortana definitely, it seems like she feels that way. And uh, you have to wonder whether, whether the chief is just completely um, refusing to accept that this is that this is a, a feasible um, a feasible endpoint that this is that this is actually capable of happening. Um, yeah, you, you see the chief every step of the way, and he he's looking at what's going on, and he's just going, no, no, you're not going to be taken away, you're not going to die. I'm going to get you to Halsey. They're going to fix you. And perhaps uh, much akin to his approach to a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the obstacles that he's met along the way, whether it be Covenant or Forerunner or whatever, he has just refused to accept that failure is an option. So I don't know if it's a case of um, of him refu- simply refusing to accept the possibility that Cortana can die. And that Cortana uh, can be stripped from him, or if it's a case of, you know, is he is he is he willing to acknowledge the fact that that's not going to happen, but doesn't want to let her in on that, doesn't want to get her down essentially. Again, o- open to interpretation, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the the chief is a fascinating character, anyhow, really is, and. I mean, the pair of them, really. Well, yeah, absolutely. And so again, you've got that ambiguity there. Is is the chief? Is the chief broken? Is he just so blind to what's going on that he refuses to accept any of it as reality? Or is it a case of the fact that there is a certain element of humanity in there, and he's just unwilling. He's just he just does. You know, he's trying to keep Cortana going and, and keep up that hope. Is that all he, he's doing there? Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely adore this game. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Definitely, definitely a good game. All right. Well, that covers our coverage of the Halo Four Mission Composer. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely stick around and we will be doing our last one very soon for you guys midnight uh, the f- conclusion to Halo 4 is upon us so I want to thank Peter Cooper again for coming out and talking with us today and covering the mission and we will see you guys uh, hopefully in video form for uh, the company accompany this show and then we will see you on our next mission peace out see ya